0: This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now since Vladimir Putin's rigged referendums last week where he won or claimed to win the support of four regions in Ukraine that uh, don't belong to him but he enabled these victories in these rigged votes allowed Putin to claim that Luhansk Kherson, Zaporizhia and Donetsk were now part of Russia and if anything, if anyone attacked them or fought for them, they would be attacking Russia. It was a a rather stupid trick which nobody believed and it didn't work really because today we learned that Ukrainian forces have taken one of the most important strategic towns there, And uh, also that they're making progress towards Kherson, which is the only city Russia has taken, the only Ukrainian city, and a very important uh, city. I think it's the second city in Ukraine. There has also been, of course, since he announced that he was going to draft men to fight 300,000 people, uh, a mass exodus from Russia across every border people can reach we're joined now from Lithuania by Dmitry Ilovsky. Dmitri was a f- former deputy editor-in-chief for TV Rain, which was a, a TV station in Moscow, attempting to tell the facts of every story accurately. He's now a presenter and chief editor for a YouTube channel, kordakovsky.live. Kordakovsky is one of the bravest, Men in Russia who spent 10 years in prison for standing up to Vladimir Putin, he is now free. He lives in London, I think, but he's a very important symbol for people who want to see a free Russia. Dmitri, thank you very much for joining us. The latest news we have today is from Le Mans, which is an important town. Ukrainians have taken it, the Russians have basically left and run away, and the Russians are suffering now on the battlefield. And in terms of the world's perception of Putin, he looks weak and almost delusional. Uh,
2: yes, Kai, thank you very much for, for having me again. Uh, May I slightly correct you, if you don't mind, because uh, uh, Kherson is quite a big city, but it's not the second largest city in Ukraine. It's still big. Kharkov is the second one, Ah, and it's Ukrainian.
0: And and they already already took that back, didn't
2: they? Kharkov is Ukrainian, and uh, Kherson, I think we'll see uh very soon it's uh, going back uh, to ukraine i'm almost sure because uh, the battles that we see now they are going around the city so it will be soon uh, surrounded uh, by ukrainians and i guess it's just a matter of uh, some weeks unfortunately there is another huge city mariupol uh on Azov Sea, which was uh, destroyed, actually demolished by uh, Russian military forces in the very beginning of war. And now it's, now it's um, under uh, Russian control. And, uh, yeah, it's part of Donetsk region. Uh, so yeah, basically that's fake referendums and they were, um, I don't know. It's pretty hard to discuss them because uh, even Russian state propaganda, they do not provide any figures, any, um, uh, any solid figures that, uh, were taken, um, uh, after the, after, after the votes, after the voting process. Uh, and I don't think that even, um, in Russian propaganda people, they, uh, treat it as something serious. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just a trick, a silly trick. And, uh, actually nobody will ever, uh, believe it. But, um, I, I've been watching Putin's uh, speech, uh, on, on Friday. Yes. Um in front of uh, Russian parliament, ministers, and uh, all that uh, political establishment. And uh, the speech was actually very interesting, uh, because uh, he had to mention every um, every threat that uh, he could imagine to Russia. Like, you know, starting from uh, uh, ancient times and uh, finishing by neoliberal, uh, neoliberal democracies and neoliberal regimes uh, so basically, that was, uh, I, I, I've been watching it, and I th- thought that uh, Putin may be the main and the the biggest victim of uh, Russian propaganda, because all he's saying is already uh, in the news, and uh, it's all the same, you know, it's all the same.
0: Now, the announcement that they were going to call up 300,000 fighters or soldiers and send them to Ukraine to fight, that triggered an exodus of people who were eligible to be called up and they left the country in uh, tens of thousands, in one report I saw, in hundreds of thousands. How much unrest has that call up of Putin's caused, not just to the men involved, but to their their families, their mothers, their sisters, their wives...
2: Um, it's a huge stress and huge tragedy for um, all Russian families, for all Russian uh, men, young men who had to uh, leave uh, Russia. Uh, you know, before um, before this mobilization, before this draft, um, I think I had like three or four friends who still live in Russia because main of them, like vast majority of them, um, has left the uh, country in March or in April when the war started actually. Yes. And, um, now I don't have any like friends in, in Russia. All of them are gone. And I have, I, I actually, I'm, I have lots of friends. I've lost colleagues and uh, n- nobody, nobody, no one, uh, only like uh, their relatives, mothers and, uh, Wives still in Russia. Um, and it's, uh, it will, ha- it will make a huge impact on Russian modern history. And, um, I think on Russian, um, no, like national image, uh, people still don't want to fight and they, yeah, they're, they're exodus. That's the, the right word. And also, I think I'm very grateful to all the countries that have opened their borders, that yes. are giving people a chance, opportunity, not to fight in the war they don't want to be part of.
0: The position that Putin is now in, Dmitry, he, he looks like a man who has no more tricks up his sleeve. The only threat remaining that seems credible is the nuclear threat that is to use a tactical nuclear weapon or or even worse other than that he appears to be losing on the battlefield appearing weak and very short of new ideas
2: yes uh, you are 100% right that's true and uh, uh, it looks like the only option that that is still available for putin is uh is the red button is the nuclear missile attack and uh that sounds uh really very very uh, very scary and um unfortunately we don't know uh what to wait from him yes uh, i've seen reports that uh he's Really kind of nervous these days. And he doesn't, uh, he doesn't call his advisors. He doesn't call any experts, any ministers. Uh, he's making the decisions, uh, on his own. And, uh, he's uh, moving the, uh, the military forces in Ukraine like he's a colonel or something. Yes. This is the, um, uh, the scale in which he's involved into the war right now. And um, uh, before the interview, uh, I've been uh, uh, reading some forecasts and uh, many people say that uh, the next few weeks will be crucial, will be very important uh, from the point of view of um, military operation on the battlefields and also from the point of view of uh, Russian uh, political system. Um, We'll see something. We'll definitely see something soon because, uh, you know, it's uh, autumn, it's fall, and um, uh, I don't think that he will be ready to uh, fight in wintertime. Wintertime is not good for for fighting, so uh, basically there should be done something before uh, the snow covers Ukraine uh, yes. fields.
0: The, your new job, Dmitry, is working for Kordakovsky Live, a YouTube channel. Now, Kordakovsky is a very important figure in Russia. He did stand up to Putin. He wasn't afraid of Putin. He served ten years at prison, uh, a long, long way from anywhere. I watched a documentary last night uh, called "Citizen K," which was about—I knew about Kordakovsky, of course. He's a very important uh, dissenting voice who has survived, even though he stood up to uh, Putin. Can the Russian people look to somebody like Kordakovsky? Or indeed, I know Navalny is a very different character, but he he also is somebody who has stood up to Putin. He also is serving now, I think, an an eleven year jail sentence. Is there a possibility that the Putin regime will break? That it will it will just fall apart if they don't. Have any success on the battlefield, and if the world is isolating them,
2: it will definitely collapse because uh, we don't know any other uh, ways out uh, from uh, from any dictatorship. The history actually uh, teaches us that every dictator is uh, falling apart, and Putin yes. will turn uh, seventy quite soon, and uh, it's. Um, crucial, it's very uh, important age for every dictator and uh, every authoritarian leader because many of them didn't survive that, 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 that age and uh, finished uh, their lives and their regimes when they were 70s. So, you know, uh, Putin is a huge fan of uh, numbers and magic numbers. So, well, let's keep it that way, I don't mind. Yes. Uh, we see, actually, that uh, there is a number of Russian position leaders. All of them are jailed and uh, Navalny is uh, really serving a, a huge uh, sentence in the prison. And we actually used to see him sometimes uh, because there was still some uh, court hearings about his yes. case and he was participating in them via Skype, Zoom or like some video conference service. Uh, now we don't even see that because... Uh, and they've decided that uh, that uh, that uh, that uh, cases uh, should be uh, run, should be heard without any uh, public. Uh, so they are so much afraid of Navalny. They they are so much afraid of this um, uh, strong and brave people like uh, Khodorkovsky, like Navalny, like Yashin, that they don't even allow people to watch them, like on 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 internet or on social media. They just uh, blindfold people.
0: Now, these losses of, say, Le Mans, the possible loss of Kherson, the victories in Donetsk, in that region, the victories for Ukraine, that is, how, how much will the Russian people know about those defeats for the Russian army? And how much will that bother them?
2: Uh, it's very funny process that we witness right now because uh, even um, uh, propaganda bullhorns, uh, propaganda chiefs, uh, they um, are calling uh, to authorities uh, to call uh, that people who are responsible for uh, um, uh, for uh, military losses, for um, uh, leaving back uh, Liman and other uh, cities. Uh, you know, Margarita Simonyan, she's a chief or editor-in-chief of RT, Russia Yes, Today. that's the state I
0: television, isn't it? Yeah,
2: correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, broadcasting in Russia and uh, in Europe in uh, English language. So basically, yeah, uh, she, she has done a video saying that we have to know the names of the generals who are responsible for our losses. Call them, we need to know them, we need to punish them, and um, the most... Um, uh, notorious uh, propagandists, propaganda chiefs or anchors, presenters, journalists—they yes. say that uh, we should uh, actually uh, make soldiers from that, uh, uh, from that commanders from the generals, yes. and send them to 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 do battles, to fight with a gun in their in their hands. And I think people they start to understand something. But when uh, uh, we will see funerals in every city, in every Russian yes. village, in every town it would be impossible to hide it and uh, this is what people will see in real life not on television screen or not from uh, from internet
0: and uh, when the old soviet union existed and they lost lives many soldiers in afghanistan and those bodies started coming home and russian mothers and wives started making noise many people believe that was the straw that broke the back of the soviet union those military defeats in afghanistan and the bodies coming home is a scenario like that possible in these present circumstances
2: uh yes i think that the uh, war in ukraine will be end of uh, putinism of uh, modern russia in its uh, uh, in, in its form that we see it uh, right now uh, there is no way that uh, the war will stop and putin can um, can continue his uh, his ruling because um, he cannot win in this war he cannot there, there are no ways that he can um, uh, remain in ukraine what is uh, really important is uh, the amount of uh, weapons uh, that uh, uh, the West can supply to Russia and uh, yes. the speed, the speed of these supplies. Yeah, supply supplied
0: to re- Ukraine.
2: Yeah, correct yep. to Ukraine, and because uh, this is uh, actually what we saw, what we witnessed in World War Two. Uh, when um, Americans opened the uh, land lease and they've been supporting uh, um, Russia and the UK and Ireland and uh, France in their war, uh, then they have defeated uh, together uh, Nazis in, in uh, Germany. So now we see uh, the same situation, but uh, unfortunately, uh, my mother is now a, a Nazi country. So, yes. uh, we need more, 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 more help from the West.
0: Yes. It, it, it is effectively a fascist country with very little outside support. Uh, what do we know, Dmitry, about Putin's inner circle? How tight it is and how loyal they might be?
2: Um, recently, Vladimir Zelensky has addressed, uh, Russians, and uh, he said in Russian language, uh, that um, we can only uh, start uh, negotiations uh, when Putin would not be a president. Yes. So this is a very important message because uh, he said that uh, take, like, um, uh, take, take the power to your hands and uh, we can start the dialogue with you. This was addressed to many people in the inner circle of Putin, but I think, mm, as I've already mentioned, he is uh, isolated. He's uh, not using help of his aides or his ministers. Uh, He is on his own, and uh, he knows that actually uh, people are afraid of. um, You you know the the other problem of, of of the of the. War itself is um, uh, that people in Russia they are very much afraid of bringing bad news yes. on all uh, stages. Uh, yes. the generals, soldiers, officers, ministers, like uh, simple clerks, uh, clerks from um, ministries. He might think uh, he might think Russia winning. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. Yes, and you know it's like uh, don't shoot the runner. Yes. Uh, so basically he lives in, in some
0: sort of a la la land or something. How dangerous would that make him? I mean, it's, we don't know what's going on inside his mind. I saw that speech on Friday in Red Square, at that ceremony after the so-called um, referendums. And it was very difficult to know what his morale was like. But let me put it to you this way, Dmitry. It's believed that he has stolen hundreds of millions of dollars and there's no peaceful way he can resign as president of the Russian Federation, is there? Because the new rulers of the Russian Federation would have to bring him to account for the money he's stolen.
2: Uh, yes, unfortunately, and, uh, he understands that I still believe there is, um, uh, maybe some option that, uh, he would, uh, like he will never actually, I, I've been thinking about it. I think he will never go away on his own. Uh, right. he will never agree to leave Russia and uh, to leave, uh, his job. Uh, yes. The fact is that he is an extremely rich person. Uh, he's got lots of money and lots of fancy yachts, uh, apartments, um, uh, palaces, uh, not only in Russia, basically. Uh, but I think there is, um, he's like a junkie, but a junkie who is addicted to, to the power. Yes. And um, he actually, like, since the Crimea referendum or the, the first, the first Ukrainian war, actually, let yes. me call it that way, um, he thinks of himself as a person in history. He doesn't treat himself as a manager who is running the country as yes. uh, president, prime minister, whatever. Uh, he sees himself as a historical figure, um, and I think he lives already in uh, uh, historical student books, but not in real life. So yeah, I don't think that uh, there is any other way. He will never leave Russia and he will never leave uh, his post on his own.
0: Does he remain popular with? Ordinary Russian men and women?
2: Uh, You know, it's pretty hard to say about uh, any um, unbiased information based on like polls or sociological um, um, uh, researches because they are all staged, first of all, and uh, they are all done uh, under influence of uh, propaganda. Um, I think that people who are going these days to the war, uh, they see that the Russian army is uh, uh, not that powerful, not that rich, and not that good organized. Yes. Because uh, people have to buy many things on their own to go to this, to, the, to, to Ukraine, like um, uh, some uh, warm clothes, uh, uh, sleeping bags, all that stuff, you know? Yes, Literally, it's, it's they incredible, have to go yes. To yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they're like women, they have to go to some like um, store buy themselves, um, stuff and then only go to die, to die actually yes. in Ukraine. This is ridiculous. And, uh, people will see it. And you've mentioned that, um, they are like mobilizing 300,000 people these days. I yes. think the number is bigger. I think it's just only mm, the top of the iceberg. And right. I think it might be twice bigger.
0: The nuclear red button option. It's something that is talked about in the West now inc- increasingly uh, by the Americans, for example. And the Americans yesterday, the Americans have been right about this conflict from the very beginning. They must have very good intelligence in Russia. Uh, but when, uh, uh, when Putin and other people were saying he wouldn't invade, the Americans said he will and he's going to, and they almost gave us a date. They now say that he may well use a nuclear weapon.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe uh, them. I, I thought that uh, they were right in February, but I didn't believe it's like to the very end. And uh, yes. I think now we should treat all the intelligence. Data very seriously, and uh, I think still I believe that Putin he was uh, raised in the fifties and sixties uh, when it was the Caribbean crisis. Yes, and um, every every uh, Soviet every Russian boy from Leningrad uh, they do remember that um, terrible feeling of uh, the new war starting of our world collapsing. Yes, and I still believe that there might be something from his childhood that. Um, keeps him away from pushing the red button. Right. You know, I think he's like walking around it, looking at it, grasping it in some ways. <laughs> yes. But not not ready now to to to, to use it.
0: Just a, a final point to uh, make with you and to ask you about in the Cuban missile crisis which was 1962. Kennedy was uh, the president of the United States. Khrushchev was the most powerful member of the Russian government or the Russian dictatorship. And they were able to find to understand in the end, at the end of the Cuban Missile Crisis, Khrushchev agreed to take the missiles back to Russia. And what Kennedy agreed to was to take some stuff they had in Turkey away, not very important stuff. But both of them had the wisdom, particularly Khrushchev had the wisdom to walk away from the abyss. That's what's missing here in, in terms of Putin. He's not, he, I remember Khrushchev. I, I recently saw his daughter talking about him. Putin seems a different type of driven man. A strange man. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? It, yeah. It, it, it required strength and wisdom.
2: Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, um, um, I think um, uh, we all remember Khrushchev. Um, standing on, um, uh, uh in, in the, uh, um, in the General Assembly of the United Nations, uh, yes. with his boots in his hand. Yes. Uh, <laughs> swearing, uh, like a simple guy from a Russian village. And I actually would never, uh, before this days, before this month, I would never say that, uh, Putin, uh, is, um, Mm, is not that smart and not that uh, wise as uh, Khrushchev. Right. Uh, unfortunately, Khrushchev had better connections with the real life. with yes. um, Real things going on around him. Yes. And uh, what we see from Putin, he, is his, um, he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't know the reality. Yes. Do, you know, he doesn't have uh, internet. He doesn't he don't use internet. Can you imagine it? The, yeah. His ADs, uh, his um, um, assistants, personal assistants, they uh, print uh, something interesting for him, like from from Facebook, from yes. Twitter, and they put it the papers to him. So he reads from the papers. He doesn't have an iPhone or internet. He doesn't he have any opportunity to know what's going on. Yes. He lives in, in a bunker, Yes, and uh, this is uh, not just uh, not not just a place where he lives, but basically this it and it's also like uh, his way of living, of uh, knowing about things, and uh, of uh, managing the country, of ruling it. Uh, so, unfortunately, yes, he's not that smart as Khrushchev. It sounds uh, sounds uh, pretty funny, but uh, he he's not smart. He's not wise, and uh, I don't know.
0: Let's hope he keeps away from the red button. Uh, Dimitri, oh, yeah. uh, thank you very much for joining us. Can people in Ireland get your YouTube channel, Live? Is it possible to get that if you're, if people are tech savvy up there?
2: Yes, sure, sure. It's available on YouTube. Uh Please, guys, uh, go on YouTube, uh, find us. Uh, I think we have uh, English captions. Uh, so, yeah, we're actually are thinking about doing some programs in English language uh, because we see that there is uh, mm, not enough information from uh, Russians about what's going on in, yeah. in the war in Ukraine, and Russia. So maybe we'll do something like that in the future. Thank you very much for having me. And, yeah, please, guys, Go
0: on yep. YouTube, find wife. Okay, uh, thank you very much. That's Dimitri Olofsky, presenter and chief editor for uh, the new YouTube channel, Live. Okay. We're grateful to Dimitri, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.